Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms on YouTube. Like, thumbs up. We'll be there all year. Joining me today, Katie Heindel. Hello, Katie Heindel. Hi, buddy. How are you? Doing well, doing swell. The Raptors season is, ooh, about 20 days away, whatever Mm -hmm. day it is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. less actually. Less. Media day is very, very close. And uh, I'm just excited that we're getting back to this stage. I am one of the people who still believes that September is summer. I think a lot of people view it as like, oh, September ends the moment September begins. I am like, I'm more of like after Thanksgiving is when fall happens mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm, Where do mm-hmm. you land on that? No, you, we talked about this last time. I'm with you. Oh, we you. did. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. We did, we did, we did. It's, this, this, is prime, uh, this is prime season for one of the best outfits out there, which is just like a crew neck or a long sleeve and shorts. Oh, it is fit season. Beautiful. This is fit season. Yeah. Yes. Like this is like, you're not sweating. You're still sweating like peak yep. day which is great. You're still getting mm. some sun. You're getting vitamin D. You feel pretty healthy, but you can get some fits off, which is nice because you're not like sweating through all your clothes. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I am like one of these like summer out of my cold dead hands people. Gotcha. So I'm with nice. you. <laughs> uh, when I was walking to work today on my, uh, my backpack that I have, I got really thick straps. I didn't mm-hmm. buy the backpack, but it's not something I would have gotten myself, but it is, it's a nice one. Just like, it's not really for me. And so Comfort. I was walking here. Yeah, it's it's good. Like Comfort. it's it's yeah, and it's it can it's a sturdy bag and hold a lot of uh, stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the straps are really thick, and so I didn't realize, you know, wearing a sweater like if you're watching on or you're listening, um, I'm wearing a like teal sweater, and mm-hmm. so sweat obviously might show around the shoulder areas. Um, with something like this as opposed to a black or a darker color and i took my backpack off after walking to work i was like oh geez this better dry before i start recording with katie and thankfully it did so that's <laughs> uh, that's risk. good yeah i definitely took a risk and thankfully i i won this one what's um what's coming up for you what's new what's on the horizon <laughs> other than the raptors season the Raptors season is coming up um i will be yeah. deviating from most toronto media i will be heading out uh, West, but not for the Raptors. I'm heading to California for a couple stories. Um, can't really talk about, but pretty excited about them. Two separate stories. I will say one is in San Francisco. So that's a pretty fair hint, <laughs> but I'm heading oh, out there. Cool. So you're interviewing Steph Curry. Week. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, nice. Steph sits, yeah. you know, sit down. It's going to be the real tell all that every, that, that, yeah. uh, you know, he's never, he's never done before. No, um, <laughs> it's not Steph. There we mm. go. <laughs> well, Still very fun though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're definitely I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're starting off the season right. A little trip to that part of North America. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but before you do that, we're gonna do this podcast, and we are <laughs> gonna look at we are gonna look at most improved candidates on the Toronto Raptors this this, this upcoming season. Um, gonna bend the rules just a little bit sometimes at the with the most improved and what exactly that means is it a player is it a team aspect i don't know we'll see but katie please start 
What is your most improved? Who is your most improved candidate to start Jeez, the season? Put me right on the spot. Um, no, yes. I'm I'm happy to do this. I think uh, for me, number one is probably Precious Achua. Um, yeah, I think I think because Precious twofold. You know, you go you obviously like new in the league still, mm. um, but based on this kind of like. I do feel like he got his first season last season with the Raptors, you know, I, I not to discount his heat season, you know, that rookie year, but it, like he really didn't get much play. And like, that's yeah. pretty evident, obviously when you look at his stats um, and I, that I'm making that caveat, because when I say this stat is like <laughs> someone who went from a 0% three point percentage yeah. by virtue of the fact that he just didn't make <laughs> three point shots all season yeah. to last season with the Raptors to like a pretty respectable, I think like 34, 34, like, yeah, between like 34 and 38. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty nice jump for someone who just didn't even have, um, it's not that he even had the skill set. It didn't even necessarily have like the muscle memory, right? Like those weren't shots he was even used to taking. And, uh, he found himself taking those with the Raptors, obviously like, you know, his other stats are pretty nice things to write home about. Uh, just the fact that he became like such a versatile, I think, piece for the Raptors after struggling a little bit, you know, and he admitted too, he's like, I'm learning a lot of stuff all at yeah. once. I, I kind of don't know like how to prioritize mm-hmm. what and like what the team needs of me. But we saw him put that all together toward the end of the season. Super instrumental, I think, athlete in the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. in the Raptors postseason, as short-lived as it may have been for fans. Uh, and then I think when you when you think of that leap that he made just by virtue of getting some, you know, steady minutes and working within a system that's there to sort of foster that versatility, I think going into this coming season, he's probably going to just take another leap like that just by, again, a steady state of working, not because any he's going to like, you know, it would be wonderful if some real magic things kind of clicked for him, but just the regular stuff, I think clicking to him for him rather uh, is going to put him up at the top of my list. Yeah, that's a, it's a great pick. Um, I think with, uh, with someone like him, you want to see what we saw at the tail end of last season continue. That would be like one of the, the bigger things for, for mm-hmm. myself. I saw that, you know, in the month of March, he shot 39% from three on four attempts and like the three point percentage was steadily growing throughout Mm -hmm. uh, 2022, but he wasn't necessarily taking four attempts per game in February and January. It was more like one or two, but he was hitting them. But then he was given uh, the the power to take on more of those attempts and to be that corner three-point shooter, to be a bit bit more of a pick-and-pop option for the Raptors. And obviously, they could use all the spacing in the world. So I would Mm -hmm. love to see him continue Mm -hmm. to do that. And also, I mean, last season, it was a bit of a, a fun season, I think. Like, they allowed him to just go out there and play and try some things and learn on the on the fly this season would be cool to see him like understand his role a little bit better so that means Mm -hmm. you know taking smarter shots um going isolation and more of a transition style rather than doing in the half court offense because there's just more space he's going to be in a better position to actually score and then offensive rebounding that has to be there and then defensively i mean he could be the most impactful defender on the raptors right if he is the person that is going to be taking on the most uh, the hardest defensive matchup he said he wants to be that guy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i mean the, the job he did against joel Embiid, like joel is a load for anyone but i mean he did a pretty decent job and he actually made joel work on the defensive end too so um certainly a piece that you think about maybe if last season was like his true rookie year he's heading heading into his sophomore year how cool is that that we already saw like such amazing glimpses from him 
this early when he's like, what, 22, 23? Terrific pick. Love him. Maybe he becomes a lob threat. Wouldn't that be fun? He could, honestly. Yeah. This I think I, he's in such a great position just because the sky's the limit in the way that you we just haven't really seen his full potential yet. And like I think maybe he doesn't even know what it is because this is mm. a real testament to like what happens when you put an athlete like this in a position to really succeed. Yeah. My first pick might be a little bit different from a pressure the Chua, but I'm going to say mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, okay? Okay. okay, as most improved. Now, he's already won the NBA's most improved, but I'm looking at this as what it could, what he could offer the Raptors offense, what he could offer himself if he was able to be a consistent three-point shooter. Going through some of the numbers from last season, and he was very up and down, but above the break, he shot 31%. Um, the left corner, 64%. Right corner, 47 Catch and shoot was 36.5 and pull-ups are 25%. So um, the catch and shoot number isn't that bad, 36.5, but you got to think about... I mean, he is supposed to be like the guy and he's taken three threes a game. That is the same amount as Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, He is not necessarily the same force as Giannis is on the offensive end. So I would like to see him get back into a different range, probably, you know, pre-pandemic. It was around five threes or so. Um, It's a number that I think he just has to increase along with the percentage, of course, is just to make his his offensive game less wear and tear on his body it's very mm-hmm. forceful it's very demanding it's very taxing and somehow some way he stayed conditioned like his conditioning is is ridiculous what he did in those last like 4 or 5 months of the season and how he sustained it on both ends was truly remarkable like we saw we've seen other players like break down towards the playoffs he just kept on getting stronger and stronger and stronger and then we saw his playoff performance outside of maybe one one game and a half or so that wasn't great he was very good but you think about what he could offer the Raptors offense if he was able to be, you know, a steady three-point shooter. He can work off the ball a little more. It's more like the help me help you, you know, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise, right? Help me help you. If you're a better three-point shooter, Pascal, we can, you know, feed it out to you for catch and shoot threes. That means OG Ananobi, uh, Scotty Barnes, their post-ups are going to be much more effective because teams are like, oh, geez, we got Pascal Siakam in that corner, or maybe he's above the break or whatever. And hey, if he becomes like a... If he's working in the pick and roll and he's able to like hit some pull up threes and stuff like that, now we're just getting like kind of crazy. But that is like where he's really going to be able to get those attempts to like seven a game or something like that because he's going to be trusted out there to hit those shots. And then I think the Raptors will actually mm-hmm. run more pick and roll because I mean we all talk about you know run more pick and roll, run more pick and roll. They do need to, sure, but if teams are just going to go under on those screens, then you're not really accomplishing too much, right? Because they're going to leave Pascal and Scotty Barnes to try and take those shots, and then maybe they hit one of five or whatever it is, but the percentages aren't great. If he's good at those shots now, it opens up so much for the Raptors offense. So in some ways, you know, last season he was the hub of the Raptors offense, and he, once again, is going to be the reason why they hit a new level um, with their offense if he's able to um, be a better three-point shooter. So, and I think he's going to be able to do it too, which is going to be very exciting. I want to see him average 25 points a game. I think that's very doable. I like I like Pascal, um, but for me, I think, again, the caveat is like he – is improving every season. Mm. That's just the nature, I think, of of uh, who he is as an athlete, and also like what he means to the team. He should be improving every season. So oh, even yeah. if we've kind of seen these great crescendos and plateaus, he'll still kind of work on these little skills, whether they're just like you know specifics, as you said, or just come some kind of intangible stuff. Also, as the team changes, you want to see him change. I think you know a good yeah. 
thing to mention is probably that last season is when we saw him for the first time in a leadership role mm-hmm. and how he grew into that and kind of embraced that. Didn't always look the most comfortable with it, but I think by the end of the season understood the leadership style that he has and, you know, how yeah. that's a lot different than somebody like Fred Van Vliet, for example, but just has grown much more comfortable in that and the way that he leads the younger players on the team, which is going to be just as important this season. Yeah. So I remember his face after game five, but they got that big win in Philly and he was yeah. walking towards the locker room. The Raptors up at gym. They got the clip. He just had this like serious stoic look on his mm-hmm. face while other teammates were freaking out and they were tripping with the Philly fans. He was unfazed and mm-hmm. granted they lost game six, but um, it's that mentality. It's the leadership um, yeah. through, uh, through his emotions and how he approaches a game. That's how he's going to get it done. <laughs> okay. Next, Katie. Yes. Okay. My next, uh, I, I, this is like a drum I've just been banging. I feel like every single season and I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy to continue it. Uh, like my, my campaign for this, but I think OG and OB, uh, this season always one still hasn't had a clean knocking on wood, like clean season, so to speak, you know, like hasn't gotten like the total runway, Um, this is also something I say again and again, but it's true, you know, and I really think there's so much to be gained from that. You've seen that in his, like how it's, it's worked for his teammates, even somebody like Scotty Barnes, right. In his Mm -hmm. first season, the way that he was able to improve and kind of grow in leaps and bounds, just because he had this like totally, I'd say the right kind of pressure, but not like total pressure. He could, he was kind of freed up to play the way that he wanted. And he never, he, you know, he was healthy, um, he was like able to experiment and explore and OG has never had that like in, in any, like in his young, like, you know, when he was like a younger player with the team now as he's kind of one of these core uh, vets with the team still hasn't had that. I think the fact that he's grown into the athlete that he is and the capabilities that he has with the team speaks to how versatile and skilled Mm -hmm. he is because he hasn't had that uninterrupted time. The fact that he's still been able to adjust and adapt, like again, when we've seen, when we've seen him do the things he has with the small windows that he's had to do them in, can you imagine like what he could do if he had that unbroken season? Yeah. So again, this is my like one truest hope probably (laughs) uh, this season for him, I think for any of the Toronto Raptors. Um, But if he has that, then I do think, you know, he's someone who, like I actually can't, I can't really even picture. And like, I can't wait to see what that could look like. The past two seasons, he hasn't played more than 50 games. I know it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. It's because also like, look at how Fred and Pascal and like, these are his two kind of closest teammates in, mm-hmm. in terms of, yeah, their interpersonal relationships, but also the way that they play together on the floor, the way that they've kind of grown up within this system. Look at where they've you know, come to again, I don't think any of this has to do with OG's skill or lack thereof. I think he's an incredibly skilled athlete, super adaptable, super versatile. As I said, I think it's just like, it must suck to turn Mm -hmm. around and kind of look at those guys and be like, yeah, I should be there too. He's definitely made up for it, but like, I just want him so Mm -hmm. badly to have that time. And this is again, the help me help you, right? If Pascal Siakam (laughs) is trusted to be in that corner, it doesn't have to be OG because he's so good from there and they need him there. If he's, if Pascal's able to be there now, 
OG can be a bit more on ball. We saw glimpses of ice of OG uh, at the beginning of the season when Pascal was out. He averaged around 20 points, uh, 46% mm-hmm. shooting. Lots of turnovers. Lots of It was a learning experience, though, as you're talking about. That was probably like the the most he's had um, during his NBA career to like go out there and, and try things and figure it yeah. out. And he did. Like There were real flashes there of an on-ball creator, self-generator, pull-up shooting. Like He really found his groove at times, and that's where he hit his like career high. I believe it was in uh, New York, right? 36 mm-hmm. points. Um, he had a great game, went toe to toe with Julius Randle and uh, he won. So that was a great accomplishment for him. One of his <laughs> best games of his, uh, his career. So I would love to see it. And um, again, if this just, if this is all leading to the Raptors being a much, that much more versatile on the offensive end, um, sure. Maybe it's ISO heavy, but if you have the horses to do it and there's always someone you can, you can um, capitalize on, on the other team um, between Scotty or Pascal or Scotty, um, OG Pascal Scotty, I think I said that right. It's like then, Scotty Pascal Scotty. Like yeah, there you go. Twice. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, well, Scotty three more times. Let's go one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them. Um, it's still a viable solution to some of their half court offenses, offense woes, but they do need the three point shooting to uh, continue mm-hmm. to get better. Um, but I mean, OG, like if he has another one of these injury seasons with mysterious injuries coming Stop. up like we're i know i know Stop knock on wood i know but knock we're you're going to be affecting his his next contract right mm-hmm. right now he's making 20 million dollars a year he's 25 i believe 24 um that next deal is supposed to be that hail mary deal for him and mm-hmm. he's going to be worth it i mean 17 points five rebounds two assists like he's ter- he's one of the best players at his role in the nba and there's more upside but He's got to get on the court. He's got to stay there. And it's going to be, it'll be terrific for him to see like what he's able to do with um, a bit more steady reps, consistency. And then obviously I think he'll probably perform a lot better too. Like that hand injury mm-hmm. that he played through that also impacted his shooting, which is really, which really dipped his numbers down too. It's just been injury on injury on injury, man. It's crazy. Okay. Moving on. Let's go to, I'm going to say Delano Banton. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, this this case is based on my belief that if he is able to um, make himself a rotation player on the Toronto Raptors next season, I think that would be an amazing accomplishment for him at this point of where he is. Also based on the Raptors, the depth that they now have coming off that bench, that young Otto Porter Jr. is going to be terrific. Chris Boucher, um, Precious Achua, of course. So that's nine players right there. If Delano Banton is able to get himself in in that mix and is able to show off some consistency. I've talked a lot about the offensive side of things with him, but truly I think defensively is where he's going to be able to make his mark and to really separate himself. He is a six, nine gazelle. Okay. There is no one off the bench that is able to do what he's able to do. Um, the amount of positions he's able to cover, how quickly he can do it. It's really going to come down to just, you know, how good is he going to be able to be at like the Raptors system? The, the trapping, the hedging, the stunting, recovering, the filling the gaps. Is he able to do that at the level that the starters are able to do it? I got into a rabbit hole of watching the Raptors 2019-20 defense of, and how good it was. And uh, I myself and along with others, were maybe we were unfairly criticizing Nick Nurse for the defense earlier on in the season. We were probably thinking that, you know, maybe they should um, simplify the defense so that way, you know, everyone's going to be able to keep up a little bit better. But I think maybe he had it spot on the whole time that you you get up to this level, and if you don't, then you're not going to play. And that's why we saw the Raptors run out five, six players a lot. But that is the level you have to get to. It is demanding. It is taxing. It's like it, the, the reads you got to make on the fly. Like you have 0.0 negative 
two seconds to make some of the decisions that the Raptors are asking you to do. But OG does it. Pascal does it. Fred does it. Scotty is learning about it, but even he's not there yet. If Delano is able to do it, that helps their defense so much. And now they can actually have a bit more fun with their, their bench unit. And he could maybe be a bit more on, on ball as a creator, but at the moment, him getting down those like defensive principles is going to be such a cha- a game changer for what he's able to do this season. Offense come and goes, right? We know this. It comes and goes. You make make shots, you miss shots, all that. But defense, that is where he's going to make his mark this season. Yeah, I love watching Delano just for what you said in terms of him just being this kind of like gazelle-esque player. Just the energy that he brings, yep. the kind of the length, the ability to just be everywhere all at once. Mm. Like the key thing for him is really just slowing his game down and learning when to unleash those like more unwieldy qualities of his game, you know, and, and kind of ration them out because when you're just firing on all cylinders like that, sure. uh, you get into trouble and that is where yeah. he's kind of, he gets ahead of himself. So I think if he's able to harness that, as you said, those and, and kind of get into those specifics of the Raptor system, like the trapping and the hedging, I think, um, yeah, he'll be so much fun. Like, I like that you mentioned like he could be the leader of like another bench unit, you know, we'll never see the likes of the bench mob again, but there could be its own, you know, to bench mob 2.0 or whatever we want to call it. He would be yeah. such a good, good leader of that group. It, what makes like a Pascal and Fred and OG so unique is that they're able to quiet their minds on one end of the court for mm-hmm. the offensive side and just make quick decisions and read things and slow it down. But then on defense, they are pedal to the metal because you have to be, and we're, t- we're asking Delano to do, Essentially the same thing. Calm your mind on offense, but on defense, you have to be go, 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 go. Um, you got to be able to, you know, capitalize. Because if once, as soon as one person makes a mistake, that slinky defense goes away. And now mm-hmm. that's where we're seeing the really big holes and the open corner threes and that kind of stuff. That's where it happens. Um, that's not how the Raptor system is supposed to be. Sure, they want to allow corner threes, um, but they want to allow corner threes or three-point shots from certain players based on the percentages. And... Uh, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, if you're not able to understand that, if you're not making those quick decisions on the fly, then things break down. The system breaks down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, if he's able to do it, he's got a better opportunity to do it than probably anyone else who could be trying to enter the rotation just simply because, like I said, he is a 6'9 gazelle. He can make up for a lot of things that other players can't because he already has those natural gifts. Oh, boy. 
he's going to be good. I, I think he'll be fine. It may he not happen good. this season. And he, yeah, yeah. he has gotten a lot better. That's something that we should clarify too, right? Like it's a lot to put on any like young player, you know, in his position to pick up all this stuff at once, especially within like, there's some teams where like, you know, young players in Delano's position are just able to kind of work on one thing, but he's being asked to work on everything. That's exactly. just the nature, you know, like of, of the Raptors. And that's why players become so good. Um, but it is a lot to put on them at once. And I think he's really handled that stress and the challenge of it. Well, sure. It's always tough when you go into a team that has high expectations, like think of um, Kaminga, Wiseman, those mm-hmm. kinds of guys in, mm-hmm. in, in golden state, mm-hmm. like they were brought into a system that was expecting championships. And now you're at being asked to be part of that. It's like, wait, but I'm a rookie. I just got here, but no, like mm-hmm. we want you to get here. Um, so that's always a, a challenging task for, for any player. Um, but I mean, Delano, like, even if he doesn't become that player this upcoming season, it's still okay because the Raptors still have, like like we already said, they're they're already going to be going nine deep anyways. And they already have like three, four bajillion point guards um, with Pascal and, and Scotty and Fred and so forth. So they're going to be okay, but um, it would be a great accomplishment for him to be able to enter mm-hmm. that rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, Katie, who do you got? Okay. Uh, I have got Gary Trent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got Gary Trent Jr., I think, um, you know, when I went back and was like looking at his stats from last season, he's another player similar to Precious who found a great niche for himself uh, with the Raptors because he represented something that they really needed, primarily shooting at that time. But he played the most minutes of his career last season. Um, His three-point percentage climbed. But I was looking to at his like effective field goal uh, percentage it, it climbed but it also tapered off and what i like about that is that it represents it's more representative of balance you know like much different than his career best shooting season in portland which i think was his second or third season because then he was just a gunner right yeah. like this adjustment i think reflects a more a much more balanced all-around role and with someone like gary Trent jr i think there was some criticism of the fact of would he be able to handle Sure. A role like that. Or was he just going to be representative of a shooter, kind of like a plug-in kind of shooter when Nick Nurse needed him? But again, as as we should know, and we've talked about it, I think, with every single player we've mentioned, that is not the way that this team operates. Like, you you don't just come in and really, like, play a singular role. Nobody yeah. gets that. Uh, maybe Kawhi got that a little, but he may have been the only player in Raptors, current Raptors history to do that but yeah you don't just get to come in and play a singular role you have to do a little bit of everything sure and i think gary trent jr really stepped up to that challenge uh i think he also looked much more comfortable with it by the end of last season i think he you kind of you got a sense of that i mean like you and i got a sense of that i think it seemed like he came out of his shell a little bit still super quiet like you know demure sort of guy but uh i feel like in the within the playoff run especially that series against the sixers you know he yeah looked he looked much more comfortable under that kind of pressure. So again, I think when you look at the additions around him, like someone like Otto Porter um, and just like who can maybe take the load of shooting off, I think sure. um, seeing what Pascal and Scotty also did have done so far in like just various camps over the summer, if the mm. distribution, yeah. Like if the shooting distribution spreads out a little bit, uh, I am really excited to see the way that Gary's going to, step up this game this season too. I didn't go to too many games last season because uh, I just 
life couldn't uh, afford that opportunity, but I'm hoping to go to more this year. But I did go mm -hmm. to practices and mm -hmm. early on in the year, um, there was due to some COVID things, there was a late cancellation of a practice, but I ended up going to OVO anyways, because I just missed the memo. Um, so I get there and obviously no other media are there. And Fred's already talking to the media. I'm like, well, I guess I missed this press conference. Um, but uh, Gary Trent Jr. was there and mm -hmm. he's just like hanging by the door to the media area where the Raptors podium is. <laughs> and he just looks at me, he's like, go in. I'm like, I'm not going in. He's like, no, go in. He's like, go in, go in, do it. I'm like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not going. You go in. He's like, I'm not going in. And then he just like yelled in, in the background. You could hear it on, on the, the press conference. Um, anyways, that was my lone interaction with Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Gary's this past funny. Season. I think yeah, it's he just because he's kind of shy and quiet. He gets like a bit of a, you know, you don't, you, superstars are always meant to be like larger than life, right? And like way over the top. And Gary's not really like that, but I respect it. I mean, his clothing is larger yes. than life. And so usually, and you his, see his dad. Uh, yes, his fits, yeah. And <laughs> his father, like clearly there is a loudness to him. We just don't yes. see it. Um, with yes. the media, he's pretty, pretty reserved, and that's okay. Um, I would, I want, I want to see exactly what you're, you're talking about. And I mentioned OG, what he needs to get that big payday uh, upcoming. Gary Trent Jr. has a player option after this season. If he wants to get that big payday with the Raptors or not with the Raptors, whatever it's going to be, he's mm -hmm. got to show that he's more than just a shooter, right? He's got to show that he's an on-ball creator. They can work in the pick and roll. They can make smart passes, and that right there is going to make him a much richer player. People like being rich, I believe, right? And I think if he shows that he can he can handle those kinds of reps um, with the with the Raptors offense, I did a video a little while ago on um, how the Raptors get OG and Anobi more touches. And one of my theories was run a lineup out there with OG and Gary Trent Jr. and you know pick your three three point shooters if you like um, as some sort of like bench unit slash starters to get the, both those guys more on ball reps early on in the season because I think that's that'd be valuable for both of them. And if you think about you know later on in the playoffs what we saw uh, this past season with the 76ers like the Raptors didn't have enough on ball creators. Um, Fred not being there was obviously a factor. Well he was but really he wasn't. Um, but it's just going to diversify your offense so much is going to make them much better players. And I think it'd be a great step for, for Gary if he can do that. Um, if he's able to, you know, be a better finisher around the rim, that'd be cool too. Uh, I'm not sure if he's got that. Uh, not everyone's going to have that ability, you know, shooters or shooters. Like I think of like a Clay Thompson, like can he just like get to the basket and finish down there with confidence? That would be good because Clay's still a shooter, but he can go down there. He can post up some smaller players and he can hit some mid-range shots and stuff like that. So he doesn't have to be, you know, LeBron or Pascal or whatever, but he just has to be competent down there. That's and, a good uh, point. Yeah. yeah. Like to get to see him get comfortable, like coming out of the corners. Like obviously yeah. he's extremely comfortable on his kind of sure. far pocket. Sure. Um, but he's just like he's pretty like on the small. I don't want to say he's small, but like he's definitely on the smaller side. He's really quick, you know. There, there, I think, and his footwork is pretty nice. So I think it is. to like be able to see him, yeah, make a make yeah. a rush into the paint, kind of work his way around some guys. Mm, that would yeah. also be just like a lot of fun to watch. It would be. It's hilarious that he has like the hardest skill, which is being a hard shot maker. He has that, mm -hmm. but then something that people might argue is a little bit simpler, or at least I mean, like for someone who's a little bit bigger than him, probably it's a little bit simpler. Um, but he has a hard thing down first. And now this is a step that he has to add to add like a whole new dimension to his, his offensive game to be a real downhill threat. Um, it, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Like we'll have to see how it goes, but um, great pick. Certainly a player that has a, a big year ahead of him. I mean, we keep on talking about, Oh, he has a player option. He has a player option. Um, what are the Raptors going to do with it? But what about, yeah. what about what's Gary Trent Jr. going to do with it? Right. How is he going to increase his value in the marketplace? As Nick Nurse likes to say.
That's the question. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, this mm-hmm. is a nice pivot to this guy, Malachi Flynn. You and I have talked about Malachi Flynn quite a bit. Um, this is becoming less like a most improved and more like how these players can break out. Maybe that's the title instead of most improved. Anyways, so this is a huge year for him. Um, not yeah. just because the Raptors have a team option um, after this season, which is where they're going to make a decision, kind of. Um, but it's year three for him. There is a stigma around his name. And whether we think it's fair, whether we think it's unjustified, whatever, there is a stigma. And right now, um, to an NBA front office, they're going to be like, huh, he couldn't even be backup point guard on the Raptors. How is he going to be a backup point guard for us? They decide they're going to go this route with these other guys, Pascal, Scotty, even though that was like part of their the engine that they were trying to make. But they're thinking that he wasn't even good enough to be a rotation player on the Toronto Raptors when they lacked guard depth. And if this season doesn't go according to plan, it could be really messy for Malachi Flynn. I'm not going to project this or that. I'm just saying this is a really big year for him for what he desires to be in the NBA and how long his career is going to be. Um, at this stage, he's 24 years old. Unfortunately, the way it goes is that you kind of get defined a little bit with what you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a ceiling to how much you're going to be able to, to do within an offense, even as a backup point guard, are you going to be a person that's going to be allowed to, you know, shake and bake a little bit as he was able to do a little bit this past season? Is he going to be given those kinds of reps or is he going to be told by a coach? That's not what you're here for on a different team or whatever. Like these are the kind of things that come up. And for him, he just has to be like, he has to nail this. That's kind of what it is. He has to nail every aspect of this season coming up. Um, when he gets his opportunity early on in the season, Nick Nurse, he tends to give everyone a fair shot early on. Then he kind of weeds it down. In the words of the great Tom Brady, he can't bleep it up. When you get your opportunity, you ca- he cannot mess this up. He has to be able to be a rotation player with the Toronto Raptors. And I know I just talked about Delano Banton. Um, so now between Banton and Malachi Flynn, we're talking 11 players. Maybe, who knows, but he cannot he cannot mess this up now. This is like high stakes. This is like your NBA career kind of. And this is year three for him. He obviously has like, you know, some self-generation abilities with the, with the basketball. He clearly has some on-ball talent as a defender. Everything has to come together kind of for him in, in year three. Not saying he's going to be defined as a player, but everything has to become consistent to a T, game by game, night by night, practice by practice. Otherwise, I'm not sure where this is going to go for Malachi after the season, if he's not um, a rotation piece on the Raptors, assuming he is with the Toronto Raptors at the end of the season. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it, you know, he is someone that, yeah, you and I have talked about at length and and yeah. we've kind of, I think, outlined what's been unfair about his career. And again, just like where he hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunities that other, you know, either rookies in his class or even like his teammates currently on the Raptors have gotten. Mm. Some of that is by virtue of, just like the world and things very much <laughs> yeah. out of his control. But when, yeah. you know, I do go back and think of someone we talked about earlier, like OJ Ananobi, who also hasn't had necessarily the fairest deal, but has learned to adapt and like make the most out of those situations. That's something where I worry about Malachi Flynn because I haven't, we haven't necessarily yet. And again, we, we only see so much like there, we were not there like behind the scenes, but we haven't really seen him kind of step into and make the most of the opportunities he's been afforded yet. I think he did a great thing going out this summer and kind of showing up the way that he did, because honestly, to some people are probably were like, Oh, I, I kind of gave up on him. I didn't think he could mm-hmm. even like play basketball anymore. Sure. Obviously he can, he's in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah. He's an incredibly skilled athlete, but 
he's got to continue to just like take these opportunities. He gets whatever minutes they, that, you know, that kind of come at him this season, as you said, because this is going to be like a pretty, like, yeah, pretty important, I think year in his career, because as you're right, like some of that is due to the fact that, yeah, you're, your third year. Okay. It's like, what, what can you kind of bring? What have you done so far? Sure. But it's also just because careers are so short, right? Like we are mm -hmm. so lucky now, I think in this era of the NBA that we see a lot of guys stay around for a long time because they're, you know, they're taking care of themselves in ways yeah. that no other kind of generation before them could. They're making really smart moves in their career. They're kind of learning to be more versatile. Like more mm -hmm. guys kind of look at a look and add skills like season over season to become a role player if they need to. But that is still like the exception more than the norm. The norm is still, I think, three to five year average like career in the NBA. And, you know, I worry for an athlete like Malachi Flynn in that situation. You know, this is like uh these are elite athletes and there's only so much room to stick around when you've got like the next rookie class season over season banging yeah. on the door. And even within that, I mean, I did a chat with Joshua Howe about training camp battles last week. And I mentioned Jeff Devin Jr. Not that mm -hmm. Jeff is better than Malachi, but there are certain things that the Raptors want from a backup point guard that he might do better than Malachi. I mm -hmm. think Malachi is a better player, but Jeff's a pretty good three-point shooter. He can hit mid-range shots. He can hit floaters. He's pretty smart with the ball. He makes smart reads. He's 6'4". Right. He's taller than Malachi. You could run some different kind of things with him. He's probably a little more versatile uh, defensively because he is a little bit bigger. Jeff's a strong guy. He's been around a little bit. This is you think about like, you know, last opportunities. He's on a two way with the Raptors. He's going to spend some time with the 905. But if he has a great training camp, shows he's a fit like we don't know. Right. So this yeah. is again, this, this is where the competition comes. Like you had your grace period kind of whether that was a real grace period or not. Rookie year, sophomore year, you're in your third year now. Fair to say, maybe it wasn't accurate or fair, but whatever happens this season for the for Malachi Flynn is going to be integral to his future. And mm -hmm. the competition's there. Delano Banton's there. Um, whether the Raptors use him more as a forward or a point guard, you know that will be remain to be seen. But for Malachi specifically, like when he hits that court on, in training camp, media day, like show it. You got to be in playoff mode. LeBron James, my Miami Heat with the the eyes and everything like that. The meme that goes around, he has to be in that mode. That's where we're at now with Malachi Flynn. LeBron James with LeBron James with the eyes. Yeah, you know the you know the, you know the meme. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. I just like that description but you know, of it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and the fact that I, all I said was that, and you're like, mm -hmm. you knew the meme. I think mm -hmm. everyone knows the meme. So mm -hmm. that's where it's meme. at for Malachi Flynn. Okay. Do you have any more? No. No. Okay. No. This is the last one then um, okay. for for us. And this is like a two-parter, most improved. And this is like, this is where it takes a cake probably because it's more of a team thing. But the Raptors half-court offense and their three-point shooting, if that is the most improved thing that we see from this team overall, that is going to be a game changer. I've said game changer a couple of times here, but it is. Um, mm -hmm. This past season, uh, they, in their half-court offense, it was 91.3 points per play. That was 26 in the NBA. That was their worst since 2013-2014, the beginning of the We the North era. <laughs> okay, so yeah, not uh, not great. It was pretty bad, actually. And then um, with stuff like this, like if, if they want to be able to reach a, a second round, for instance, if they want to win a round in the playoffs, and we have already talked about, you know, how competitive the Eastern Conference is going to be. This mm -hmm. is the thing that's holding them back. Yes, of course, they got to be consistently defensively. And I think they're going to be much better uh, when everyone having like one more year um, within this uh, 
Nick Nurse system. But in the end, like you need to be a good three-point shooting. The Raptors were 14th in the playoffs at 29.9% from, from three. Um, and for, for instance, like the other four teams that were in the conference finals and then obviously uh, make, making it to the finals, they're all top 10. Now, there's only 16 teams that make the playoffs, but I use the playoff stats because I think that's more accurate to the kind of shots that the Raptors have to make. And mm-hmm. they were 35.4, I believe, during the regular season, but those shots get a lot harder in the playoffs, and that's where they were at, 29.9. They have to be a league average team um, in the playoffs from three to be able to do anything. Um, and that comes down to everyone on their their roster. It's Pascal, mm-hmm. it's Scotty, it's Chris Boucher, who had a pretty good you know series against the uh, 76ers. It's Thad Young, who knows who's going to do his thing, making you know corner threes. He knows exactly what he has to do. He's a dad. He knows what he has to do. He, he knows his job. Dad, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that daddy. He will get it done. Um, that's where it's at. They got to be that team. Um, and if they're not, then it's going to show itself um, at some point during the regular season playoffs, it's going to impact whether they're going to be able to be a, uh, a second round team. There's more half court stuff I wanted to mention, but your mm-hmm. thoughts on that. No, I mean, I think it literally will be a game changer. It yeah. will change everything about the Yay. games as we know them. Right. And mm-hmm. I think the way that we've seen this iteration of the Raptors team play games, it will change what they're kind of capable of. It'll change their defensive schemes, right? Like not just on the, it won't just change things on the offensive end. It's going to change the responsibilities of every player, right? The touches of every player. It would be, I think it would have some really nice impacts too on like the minutes maybe we saw toward the Mm. end of last season too, um, which became a problem in the postseason. You know, like when it is about longevity in the postseason and everybody's just like slowly breaking down uh, series over series. If you want to see the Raptors go any farther, that's something that they're going to have to look at. So yeah, I think the, the trickle down effect of this would probably be the most beneficial for the team overall. Here's a fun stat for you that I found. They had their worst three point (laughs) shooting season since 2013, 2012, 2013 on that team. You had Linus Klaza, Mikel Petrus, Alan Anderson, and Landry Fields all shooting below 33% from three. Checks out, checks and a few out. of those guys were shooting three threes a game. And that was also <laughs> the season that Andre Bargnani got traded. He shot 35% before all the Raptors. So Oof. it was a true. We don't want to go back there. No, 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 no. But <laughs> I guess what well, you could look at it like this, like it can't be any worse, right? There's no way they can be as bad as they were last season. And what's funny is that they were top 10 in three-pointers three-point percentage in January and February. And why that's intriguing is that that's when the Raptors kind of shifted to Fred be more of an off-ball player and Scotty and Pascal were doing more on-ball reps. Yeah, and Fred, yeah. being like the incredible catch-and-shoot player that he is, he was awesome, right? However, injuries happen. He is on one and a half legs or whatever it was. And then obviously there was a huge dip after that. But then, you know, Precious's growth, uh, Chris Boucher, I think, is going to probably find his groove. Um, Fred, like, all these guys should be better three-point shooters um, coming into this season, and that's going to change things for them quite a bit. Last thing on the half-court offense is straight up that they just didn't – they weren't very good at putting the ball in the hoop. Straight up. Like, this, the internal, like, the the development, being able to finish around the basket was not good at all. They shot – they were 26th in restricted area scoring, 15th in the paint, 23rd in mid-range, 23rd in transition points per possession, and 20th in effective field goal percentage in transition as well. So all those numbers have to get better. Like, they can't be any worse. Once again, how could they be worse? You were 26th in restricted area scoring. 
obviously like there's offensive rebounding there that was part of their ethos so that's going to factor into it but being 23rd in transition points per possession is not good at all so that is strictly you just like making smart decisions making layups finishing through contact that has to get better they were they were so bad already so that again is going to help their half court offense um if it's figured out a little bit gosh yeah yeah there's only uh you're only going up from here that's a nice yeah. way to look at it, right? Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk uh, Scotty Barnes at all. Um, I mean, he well, could definitely I be. I think that's just a given, don't you? Like, I, it I guess is, we right? both yeah. alluded to him, I think, in our other examples of just like, that is a player who just because of the phenomenal position that the team had the luxury of putting him in last season of like not needing him to perform, but look around the league at like some of the other rookies in his class and what they were kind of asked to do right away it was like a nice to have then a then a, we absolutely need this it ended up being like he excelled completely exactly. but it was like this this wonderful like goldilocks zone for a rookie where it's like you're in a position to succeed you have all the support around you that you need to do it but you kind of you don't really have such like tremendous pressure on definitely you. um and he's gonna he has that again this season so it's wonderful I was looking at uh, basketball reference, reference and I was curious what they had as his projected stats for this upcoming mm-hmm. season. And they have him shooting 31.9% from three and he shot 30.1 last season. So they're okay. predicting a 1.8% improvement. I hope it's much more than that, but we'll see. I mean, who knows um, if it is indeed just 31 or a 1.8% improvement that will impact the Raptors. <laughs> um, I hope it's more as closer to a little bit, uh, I don't know, 4%, right? Closer to league average, something like that. He's not going to be taking a ton of threes. I don't think that's um, what he's going to be there for. He's still going to be a bit more of a screener, uh, offensive rebounder, um, ball handler as well. But if that number is down there, then that's going to get snuffed out just like Joel Embiid did during the, uh, during the playoffs there where he was just like, I'm going to leave you right over there and I'm going to double Pascal Siak and I want to see if you can hit some shots. And, mm-hmm. you know, usually Scotty wasn't able to, so he's got to be able to hit open threes. That's yeah. all. I like that 1%. I feel like the person who decided that at basketball references is, is, <laughs> is thinking like me where it's like, just set it, just set it at like a nice comfortable <laughs> level and then watch him excel, like excel beyond that. Oh, I like that attitude. Mm-hmm. Katie Heindel, <laughs> dime up rocks, dishes and dimes. What other ones you got in there? Basketball feelings. Basketball uh, feelings. Yes. Yahoo. I love your articles. <laughs> yes. Yahoo. <laughs> love your, uh, I love your podcast. I love the, the, your, your words on basketball feelings. It's very Thanks, cool. Thanks my friend. <laughs> All right, everyone. That was very fun. Oh, you got something else? No. I was just going to say, thanks for having me. Oh, no <laughs> question. Um, it was great talking to you. Always great talking to Katie. She'll be here. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Plenty of times throughout the season, everyone. Training camp is around the corner. Have yourself a good day, good night, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening, we'll talk soon.